Welcome to Wholehearted Coaching, the podcast. If you're looking for more purpose, more passion, more joy in your life, then you have come to the right place. I am your host, Sharin Eskandani, the founder of Wholehearted Coaching and the Wholehearted Life Coaching Certification. This podcast is in service of your biggest dreams. We'll talk about mindset, manifestation, mindfulness, and we'll also look at the transformative power of life coaching and being a life coach. If you are ready to create your dream life while living your dream life, then let's do it, love. Welcome to Wholehearted Coaching, the podcast. This is where we take a deeper dive into my Mindset Monday post, which you can read on Instagram at Wholehearted Coaching. Or if you want to go even deeper and get my free weekly journal prompts that are inspired by this episode, sign up for my email list by heading to my website, wholehearted-coaching.com. And if you're interested in joining one of my transformational courses or you're ready to take the leap and become a wholehearted coach yourself, you can head to wholehearted-coaching.com slash offerings. And of course, all this information is also in the show notes. All right, love, let's get into this week's episode. So today's episode is something a little different. It's something that I have been dreaming of doing on the podcast for a while, and I really hope that you, the wholehearted community, are going to like it. So one of my favorite types of podcasts are podcasts about therapy sessions, right, where you are hearing therapy sessions live. Esther Perel does this, and I so enjoy listening to them as a person. I feel like it is so therapeutic just for me to listen to someone else have a session. Even though our problems may not be exactly the same, I feel like I get so much insight, ahas, awareness, just from hearing someone else's therapy session. And so I started thinking, why aren't there any podcasts with coaching sessions? And maybe there are, but honestly, I've never heard of any. And I thought, I should do this. I should start a series where I feature my sessions. So today is the unveiling of a new series on Wholehearted Coaching, the podcast. These will happen intermittently throughout the year, and they're going to be an inside look into a wholehearted coaching session, a session that I am leading with a client. Now, as a disclaimer, these are clients that I have been working with over a period of time, they know that this session is being recorded for the use of this podcast. We're kicking off this series with my client, Camille. Camille and I have been working off and on together for a couple of years, and a common theme to our sessions or a common problem that she struggles with is feeling like she's not doing enough, that she is behind that she should be somewhere else in her life. And I thought this would be a great place to start this series because this is something that I think we all struggle with. These are thoughts that we all think of from time to time. And throughout this session, we unpack limiting beliefs, a lot of them rooted in the shoulds. We also look at our expectations of ourselves and the judgment of others. So I am 100% confident that something in this session with Camille will resonate with you, that you will walk away with an insight or a reflection that will have a ripple effect on your own life as well. Now, as a coach, my own thoughts on the session or, you know, just things to be listening for or listening to if coaching is your thing. So one thing you'll notice is that Camille and I have a very lighthearted relationship with one another. This is something that I really do love about coaching, kind of creating these really unique relationships with each one of your clients. Something I also love about being a coach is that oftentimes 
you as the coach will see growth or transformations within your client that aren't apparent to them. They're these little things that oftentimes our clients will bypass or not even see because they seem insignificant to them. But as their coach, you know that these small, seemingly insignificant, but not insignificant at all things are huge. They're really huge. And in the session very early on, I hone in on a shift and change in Camille that is really impactful and incredible. One element of wholehearted coaching is that the client sets the exploration. They say what they want to explore and what they want to discover throughout the course of the session. This is really about the client having agency. It's not about me, the coach, telling them what we should explore, but really what is it that you want to explore? So you'll hear this in every wholehearted session is that I'll start it out with, what do you want to explore today? Or something along those lines. And throughout the session, I will check in with the client. I'll check in with that initial thing that we wanted to explore and then see where we are in our exploration. And what is fascinating, amazing, incredible to me as a coach after years of doing this work is how our exploration shifts and changes. This was actually a really impactful session with Camille because we got down to a core belief of hers, a core belief of hers that all other, you know, limiting beliefs that she was having were emanating from. And you'll see how this organically happens, how really it is Camille who is leading this exploration, but as her coach, right, I am also supporting and facilitating it. That's the beauty of wholehearted coaching. It is all about the client. You'll see that I offer reflections, clarifications, questions, silence, curiosity, but these are all in service of the client finding their own wisdom. That's it. I am really so excited for you to hear this session and for you to get to experience this inaugural wholehearted session. Before we dive in, before you get to meet the amazing Camille, a few things I wanted to share. So next month, for the month of December, we are doing a best of series. So this best of series is going to include the top listened, downloaded, most liked episodes from 2023. And here is what's wild. The most listened to episodes from last year all happened in January 2023 when I did a whole series on goals and goal setting. So I think it's kind of perfect with it being the last month of the year. We're going to kind of gently, wholeheartedly be thinking about what we want to do in 2024. And I'm telling you, this is the wholehearted way of looking at goals. So no pushing, no forcing, no making you feel crappy about yourself. It's really just about imagining and stepping into possibility and giving you all that support you need to make your dreams come true for 2024. Speaking of 2024, we have a lot of incredible things in store. There are going to be more wholehearted sessions. I'm going to be kicking off the new year with an interview series with some really courageous folks. And we also want to hear from you. We want to hear what you want to be featured on the podcast. What are some topics? What are some themes? What are some questions you may have for me? And we're going to feature those in some really fun ways in the new year. So if you have any input, feedback, questions, you can email wholeheartedquestions at gmail.com. And if you listen to the podcast on Spotify, there is a feedback box on that platform. Okay, now the final thing before we dive in. This is the last week to apply for the Wholehearted Coaching Certification. You have until December 3rd to be part of our January 2024 cohort. If you've ever dreamed about becoming a life coach, a coach who makes a real impact in the world, 
and gets to create a business that is a reflection of your values, your beliefs, and your dreams, then this is the certification for you, love. Learn how to become a coach who practices with care, skill, ethics, all while interweaving your own magic and medicine into this work. Become a heart-centered, decolonized coach in the Wholehearted Life Coaching Certification. If you want to find out more, head to wholeheartedcertification.com slash programs, or just go to the show notes. Again, applications will be closing on December 3rd. All right, love, drum roll, please. Let's get into our very first ever wholehearted session. Hi, Camille. How are you doing? I'm good. It's been a busy day, but this <laughs> is <been> normal. <laughs> do you want to take a moment to just ground before we dive in or do you want to dive straight in? We can do a little grounding, quick grounding, I think. Yeah. Okay. Does breathing sound good? Like a breath exercise? Yeah. Quick breathing exercise. Yes. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> so why don't we, if you want to close your eyes, you can. If not, you can have them just softly gazing downward. And just taking a deep belly breath in through the nose, holding it, and breathing out through the mouth on a ha. Beautiful. Another deep belly breath in, feeling that expansion through the body. And out on a ha. And final deep, deep belly breath in holding it and now breathing it out on a ha. Are you feeling a little more grounded? Yeah, I, yeah. It's as grounded as I'm going to get. <laughs> okay. Well, what would you like to talk about today? I've had this wonderful undercurrent of always being, feeling stressed and pressured about career <laughs> that like never goes away. And as I'm getting older, I'm like trying to let go of a lot of myths around career. I'm trying to be more accepting that life and situations around what you earn or don't earn can look very different. But I have very rigid like stereotypes in my head still that like, you know, reinforced by society that are just so hard for me to let go. Right. And they get reinforced when I, I talk to friends or family members who are following more conventional paths. And I go, why don't why don't I look like that? Or even other people who are on unconventional paths. I'm like, well, they've succeeded in it. Why doesn't mine look like that? Right. A lot of comparison. And it's just it's one of those things where I'm like, what is what is it going to take for me to re be able to, like, let go of all that and like rethink that? Because I've tried a lot of different things over the years through coaching and stuff and through therapy. And it's just kind of like, it keeps sticking and it's annoying. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's very annoying. So to clarify, yeah, you have a lot of beliefs around career and work mm -hmm. and you're hoping to kind of let go of those beliefs. Is it hoping to let go or... Is it to look at why you can't let go? Oh, you know, it's definitely that I want to let go. And I, I somewhat understand why I can't. Like I said, I know a lot of it's just like society reinforcement is like why I have such a hard time. I don't know if there's something deeper, but I know at least that contributes to it. So for our time together, do you want to just focusing on some of the letting go part of it or the why? On the letting go. Yeah. Okay. And acknowledging, as you said, that this is something you've been working on for quite some time. So maybe at the end of our session, you won't have the fullest of clarity around it, but how would you like to feel by the end of our time together? I think I'm always like, hoping to feel like something like relief. Hmm. I know I might not get perfect clarity. I feel like clarity is like a, a hard one, but relief at least. Yeah. So by the end of our session, hoping to feel some relief. Yeah. 
Can you share some of your beliefs that you have? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. So I definitely feel like one of the most basic ones because I went to college, because I have a college degree and because of where I went to school, I should have this certain level of success and status, right? I should be in a very stable salary job, like to the point where it's like, I can afford this. I have discretionary income. I don't have debt, like, right. Because I did the education thing, right. That's like a belief. Another one I have is like, okay, if I'm going to go unconventional, which I did, I went more freelance creative kind of world (laughs) by now with this amount of time for as long as I've been doing it, right. This is 10 plus years. I should have had more success by this point. I think those are my two biggest ones. Yeah, with like the passage of time, I should have had it figured out by now (laughs) at this age. That's a big one. And yeah, I should have been on a better track because I was able to go to college, right? And I know not everyone gets to do that. So those are my two big ones. And as you share those, are you noticing any shifts or changes internally? I have a fidgetiness about it. It's like, it definitely makes you uncomfortable because I hear it and I'm like, there's a part of me saying, yeah, that's silly. And then there's another part of me screaming like, yeah, that's right. You should have done this, (laughs) right? It's, I hear both voices. Yeah. So there is this part of you that is aware that like, that's not the truth. That's not the truth about you or life. But then there's another part that's like, yeah, that's actually the absolute truth for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And they're they're both kind of equal. Like it's, mm. you know, I hear both. Like it's like one will say it and then the other part will say it. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> Have they always been equal? You know, that's a great question. I think for a long time, the louder one was that stricter, harsher voice, because that's, that's more consistent with like upbringing and everything. Right. So that was a very consistent voice and it started to fade around when like I started experiencing more failures and stuff, so to speak, more mistakes, more failures in this (laughs) career journey. And so it started to fade a little bit, mainly because I couldn't take the harshness anymore. Like I, I needed something to come in and be more compassionate because it was, it was becoming too much. So I started trying to be more compassionate to myself because yeah, it was wearing me out, always hearing this super harsh voice. And I think also just as I'm getting older, right, the wisdom's coming that there are more ways to go about these journeys that they don't all look the same. So that's helping to soften it, but the harshness is still there. And it sometimes it gets pushed back up again if I'm triggered. Comparison, right? I see someone in a similar situation to me that's done really well. That comparison will trigger the harsh voice again. A friend or family member makes a comment about my career, that can trigger the harsh voice again. So there are moments when it's able to drop, but it it comes up again. And sometimes it's a louder voice. You and I have worked together for a while. Mm-hmm. And what I do want to acknowledge is that it sounds to me that the harsher voice was more prevalent, but now it comes up kind of more on a case by case basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is kind of huge. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's not exactly where you want to be. I can see your face. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I want it to stop. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> which I felt was a stretch, but <laughs> right. Yeah. So I know, I know your face was like, Oh yeah. But like, <laughs> but I just want to acknowledge as your coach, who's been doing this work with you for a, a while, that that's not a small thing, right. Mm-hmm. That you could see that you were being too hard on yourself mm-hmm. and that you were able to cultivate through your own work, self-work, right. this really compassionate part. What comes up for you when I say that? Yeah, it's it's mixed, right? It's like, oh, thank God there's been progression. That's one. <laughs> but then too, it's like, there's a frustration, right? It's like, 
like, dang, is this ever going to go away? And I, I realize it may never completely, right? I may just learn ways to cope with it. And it gets a little bit easier and you kind of, as you get older, start to care less, <laughs> you know, like this stuff won't matter as much. Like when I'm 70, I'm probably not going to care. Right. But it's, I understand time can, can ease it, but it's just definitely still a frustration. Like, ugh, you know, like having to still live with it. Yeah. So one of the things that I think is frustrating about self-work is those voices and those parts, mm-hmm. they still exist. Mm-hmm. However, through self-work, we're hoping that they're less loud, less convincing, mm-hmm. right? And that can be really frustrating to face that. Mm-hmm. And I think what's coming up for me as I'm hearing this is, I think there's a part of you that is like triggered that you are triggered. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It it doesn't like that you get triggered. Yeah, exactly. Yes. (laughs) What's coming up? Simple, very simple way to put it. But yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm frustrated that I'm not past it yet, that these things will still bother me. That's a frustration in itself. So I'm not past it yet. Mm -hmm. What does this part believe? I think, I think it goes to this age thing again. I don't know. It's like, oh, by this point in my life, I should be able to, you know, be more confident or not have these things affect me, right? Like I should have by this point learned how to do it. Why haven't you learned how to do it yet? <laughs> That's what comes up. Yeah. So it's another should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So not only should your career be at this level, but you shouldn't even be triggered by this situation. Yeah. 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 I know. know. (laughs) And so what I'm thinking is I know, you know, at the top of the session, you said, I want to see if I can let go of this voice that thinks I should be here or there, Mm -hmm. but maybe the voice or the part we need to be thinking about is this voice that thinks you shouldn't even be triggered by these things. Mm. I never thought of it. That's possible. You know, I, I just, I have these expectations. I don't know where they came from exactly. Like of how you should evolve in life and like these stages. I don't know. They're, I don't know where they came from. Right. Of like where you should be at certain points in your life. Like, okay, I'm married. I'm a mom. I should not like certain things shouldn't bother me anymore. Yeah, but they do. And then I'm mad that they do. So that's very possible. That's more what needs to be let go of. Like these expectations around milestones in life. I don't know where they came from. Yeah. So we can work on letting go or releasing a little bit more softening around both. But Mm -hmm. I think this is something, you know, we've never uncovered in our work together is this part that has expectations on your growth journey. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that's the underlying trigger for most, most of the stress, (laughs) most of the pressure. I think as it came from, you know, like when you're in school as a kid, it's like, oh, you're supposed to hit all these certain marks, certain times, certain grade levels, right? Certain milestones and keep checking these boxes. And it's like, it felt like after college, I just went off the grid <laughs> and like, I'm not on the right roadmap anymore. Like that's what it feels like. You know, I just kind of like veered off and not everybody, but a lot of people kept going down the very typical path. And I just you know, I went, I went off in the dirt, off-roaded it. And like, I don't, I don't know now what to like use as markers or use as milestones anymore or where I line up next to them necessarily. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There has to be a marker or a milestone. That's what it feels like. Mm. Yeah. When you live life through that mindset of there has to be a marker or a milestone, Mm. How does that feel? And how do you see your life? <laughs> it's stressful. Yeah, it's definitely stressful. And um, it's stressful and it makes me feel like 
I can't catch up. Mm. And it's like, catch up to what? I don't know. Again, I don't even know what the thing is or what, who or what I'm trying to catch up to. But it's definitely like, and I start, that's what, that's the worry. That's the underlying worries. I'm not going to catch up. I'm not going to mm. like hit the right points. Yeah. Mm. To whatever those are, you know, whatever those standards are, <laughs> which I know aren't real and like don't exist, but it, it's still, that's like a voice in my head. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. So this part of you that always, it's, you always feel behind. Mm-hmm. It was definitely after college. It's like getting to college was like, <laughs> they are screaming. Getting to college <laughs> was like the clear, the last clear marker I had. Hmm. And I don't think there's been anything else after that. I think because after that, I kind of, I didn't do grad school. I didn't write, I didn't join a corporation or something, right? I didn't follow any of those very typical paths. And I think after that, it just kind of went, the only thing I did that I th- still felt typical is like I got I got married. So that felt like, oh, I was on track because I got married. And even in having a child, it's like, oh, that kind of felt on track. I had a kid after being married. And then after that, it's just like, okay, the, what, right? Because the career and all of that didn't line up. So it just, I don't know. Again, I don't know what track I'm even thinking of. <laughs> Some 1950s, I don't even know, right? It's like... I don't, not even 50s, because then I'd just, I'd be a housewife. But it's like, I don't even know <laughs> what the track is, but I, I do see it. I get triggered when I compare to other people and other situations. So that's really hard, you know? So I know you have this really compassionate part of you, right? It's almost like even when you're talking, mm-hmm. you're talking with both of those perspectives that like, yeah, yeah, you're very cognizant. So you have that self-awareness around it. You know, I know as we're having this session, your kiddo is kind of in the background. No, which is great. So yeah. let's, <laughs> I want us to use your kiddo as an example. Okay. Sure. Yes. So let's say, let's, let's fast forward to the future 30 mm-hmm. years from now. Right. And, uh, your child comes to you saying mm-hmm. the same things. Mm-hmm. You feel like I'm behind. I went to school, thought I was going to try something different. Mm-hmm. and. I just don't know. I I should be more successful somewhere else. Mm -hmm. What would you say to them? I I already know it'd be the most compassionate answer. We've we've had this conversation thinking about him, right? And with my husband and I, we've we've talked about how we're not going to pressure him to follow a certain path, right? So yeah, 30 years from now, he comes to me. I'm going to be like, okay, you just something along the lines of do what makes you happy right and hope that we're in like this position where we can support him if need be right you know so that his whole world doesn't fall apart or something but like yeah i i would not pressure him to do anything i don't i don't plan to do that as he ages make him feel like you got to play this sport you got to get these grades you got to go to this school like we're not planning to do that especially because of what we you know, my husband and I have both have gone through. So yeah, if he came to me, I, it would just be compassion. Like, okay, what do you want to try? What are you curious about? You know, simple. It'd be a very simple answer probably. Yeah. There'd be some worry in there, but <laughs> you know, I don't think the worry goes away as a parent, but I, I, I would just hope that I'm in a position where I could be supportive emotionally, financially, if I needed to, right? So that he doesn't have to feel that pressure. Mm. Yeah. But those two questions of what do you want to try and what are you curious about? Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you followed your curiosity? Probably not. Mm. I know, but not really. No, it kind of got, there was a point where it was like halted a bit and I did it. I don't, I don't necessarily think I would go back to it. I, I, every now and then will wonder, but it's like, it, it was halted for very practical financial reasons. Right. And so I don't know. I think now I, I kind of try to follow my curiosities, but there's still this underlying pressure of like, this thing has to make money. It has to grow into something big. It has to amount to something significant. Mm-hmm. 
it can't just like be, you know, mm. and that can like taint stuff. Like it can make it, it sucks the fun out of it. <laughs> it. It makes it harder to enjoy and just sort of like pursue something for fun or for curiosity or for enjoyment or yeah. I would imagine that pressure you're putting on something. You said the word significant. Mm-hmm. It has to be significant. If I'm going to get curious, it has to be something that will become significant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of weight. <laughs> like to simplest, the simplest thing, the thing I've been doing most recently is I started doing like gaming and streaming, right? Which is something I loved as a kid, quit it for 20 years, came back to it. Right. And I've put so much pressure on that now mm. where it was just supposed to be something to relieve stress, to have fun, like a new thing to hang out and try, right? Enjoying a new social media platform where people stream and like, it was just supposed to be enjoyment, right? And playing games and stuff. And I've now have turned that into, this has to be successful and significant. And I got to meet these goals and I got to make this money and I need to make these sponsorships happen, right? Just suck the fun out of it. So it's become stressful. Mm. Yeah. So I know we started our conversation wanting to explore this part of you that feels like you should be somewhere. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of looked at the part that gets triggered by that part. Mm -hmm. And now it sounds like we're at another part that thinks whatever you do Mm -hmm. has to be significant and successful. Yeah. Like an achievement. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I, and success came up a lot at the beginning. Yes. How do you, how do you define success? I struggle with that question so hard because mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think I have my own definition. I don't think I've established my own definition of success. I very much so have society's and mother's voice and right. Like those, it's never my voice. I've never heard it in terms of success. Mm-hmm. I don't know if me as an individual actually cares about it very Pisces where I'm like, <laughs> I'll just float and go along. Like if, if there was no financial pressure in the world, I probably just would not care. But I think it's that responsibility of being a parent and wanting to provide for my family, you know, and wanting to be financially responsible. I think all of that creates this push towards, well, I have to match what society thinks success is to succeed in this world, mm. right? in a different world or in, if if I didn't feel so stuck by that, right? By society's restrictions, I probably would not care. <laughs> Just be in the forest, I wouldn't care. I don't know, like, <laughs> just out wandering around, you know, I'd probably be more that way. But I, I definitely feel like I have to fit into society's definition of success to survive. Mm-hmm. That's like the big thing. Yeah. So there is this theme, it's, very outside oriented, this compass you have. Mm-hmm. It's not your standards, it's outside standards, mm-hmm. their standards, and even their judgments and thoughts. Because when you're talking earlier about, you know, when, when a family member asks me or, you know, I, I get a little bit activated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's when I get triggered. Yeah. But it's, it's not definitely- yours. Sorry, go on, my love. No, I was just going to say, it's like when someone says, what do you do? I, that is the most triggering question for me. <laughs> That's the one that gets me. And I just, I freeze and I'm like, I don't know how to answer this the right way. I don't know how to answer this in the way they're going to understand. Like that has caused me anxiety for like a decade mm. or more. Yeah. Camille, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> I never got the answer. Let's see. Uh, I I don't know. I if you didn't care what I thought of you, imagine you're with your closest person in the world, whether mm-hmm. or not you know that person or have that. But like, if you could actually say what you do, what would you say? I don't know. It's like I. Th- it literally paralyzes me. It's mm-hmm. like it's like I I try to answer. I literally start thinking about my schedule. Okay, what did I do this week? What do I do? I stream. I play games and I stream. And I take care of my son. And 
I bake and I I don't, you know, I get stuck, right? (laughs) I have to like break it down literally like, okay, what did I do this week? Because I I don't know what to name it. It's like, I guess I'm a content creator. I don't know. But that sounds weird. A lot of people like don't understand that. So I care too much about what the other person's going to think about. Yeah. Like how I say that. It makes it harder to define it for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm like already anticipating their future questions. So I can't just answer it. Yeah. <laughs> sure not. Yeah. What are you feeling internally as you talk about this? Oh, it's a mixture. Like I said, it's like this, like, oh, this is, this is so silly. And then there's a part that's like hurt. And then there's a part that's like, come on, get it together. It's, it's a, it's a mixture, you know? You said there's a part that's hurt. Yeah. I think there's, there's a part that's like, it shouldn't be this hard for you. Hmm. Right. Or like, it shouldn't be this hard for you to explain this or to talk about things. Like it should be easier and hurt in a sense, like, like, oh, I wish we could just be kind of thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to make me teary, but yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, like I wish it could just be and it didn't matter, you know, kind of like that. What's coming up? Mm. I don't even know. It's almost like a, like a childhood thing. I'm not even sure. It's weird. <laughs> I got allergies. I got tears. Oh my goodness. But yeah, it's like a. There's there's a hurt, I think, for feeling like I can't exist as who I am. I have to morph into something else. Yeah. Oof, that hit something. So <laughs> yeah. Like I have to, I have to be something else. I have to uh, make myself into something else that's more acceptable. Yeah. It's it's somewhere in there. I think that's where it's coming from. Mm. Oof. Yeah. They hit a nerve. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Right. That belief. And it seems like it's a very younger, like younger version mm-hmm. of you belief mm-hmm. that I can exist as who I am. The things I like, things I want to do, mm-hmm. the way I want to live, that doesn't seem to be accepted. Yeah. Acceptable. Yeah. That's exactly it. It doesn't feel acceptable. It feels, and I, I can remember that kind of being swayed towards other paths, towards other careers, towards other interests that were, it's a lot of different stages, even into my twenties or even, you know, definitely almost to 30 and stuff, just being swayed, people trying to sway me to other things and convince me that other paths were better than what I was thinking. And I, I took those statements or those suggestions to be valid because it's like, okay, these people are trying to look out for me give me advice. So I should follow what they're saying, right? They're more experienced, more white, whatever, right? Throw throw whatever label. I should follow that instead of my own interests or, you know, Mm -hmm. so it sucks to like realize that. And it's just like, oh, I don't know what could have been. I think there's, there's, uh, there's pain around that. Cause it's like, if had I just did what I wanted to do, where would I be now? Would I be in a better place? So yeah, it's tough. Hmm. Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> no, I think we hit a core belief mm-hmm. that all of this stuff is really tied to. Right. That the way that I actually want to live my life is not acceptable. Right. And a deep grief that if I was allowed to actually live my life the way I wanted to, mm-hmm. things could be very different, perhaps. Yeah, had that been supported or allowed or, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I wonder, just imagining, had it been allowed, what would that support or allowance have looked like in an ideal world? I think even simply that there say, say, I, you know, little Camille comes up and goes, I want to be a pastry chef, right? That there would have then been, oh, hey, let's go find classes or let's go. Why don't you try baking this stuff or whatever and practice or, you know what I mean? Just 
the slightest encouragement or nudge or validation in that direction instead of being contrasted with like, oh no, maybe you should actually go do this other thing instead. Because that's usually what it was. It was like a, I may say I like one thing. Like I remember saying I liked, I wanted to be a marine biologist, I don't know, some point, eight, nine, 10 years old. And it was like, no, you should go be a lawyer, right? It was, there was an opposition to it. And I think if there had been instead of an opposition, hey, let's go see if there's a camp for this. Let's go see this thing. Let's go try, right? If any of those points where I was curious about things, I think if there, yeah, just been some type of even the slightest reinforcement, let me buy you a book to read. I don't know. Instead of let me point you in a whole different direction. I think that would have been, yeah, a lot more helpful. I asked that to get clear on what that unconditional support is to you. And what you said, right, was not questioning me. So if I say something, not questioning, validating, encouraging, reinforcing. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I'm going to say? It's coming. Go ahead. What would that look like if you did that for you? Yeah, I think I wonder if it's enough for me to do it or to do it. like there's still this part that wants the external. That's what's hard. I think I'm able to validate myself to some extent, but I'm still looking for external validation. Yeah. Well, when you said there's no questioning, you know, as we're talking today, I almost sense that you also question your own curiosities. I I do now. Yes. Right? <laughs> yeah. You also don't think what you are doing is acceptable. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe that's where we have to start. Right. That makes sense. It does. <laughs> and it's, it's hard. I don't know what I know. that looks like. <laughs> but I, it's a very valid point that like, yeah, I probably need to not question it. I, it's something I have to learn to turn off. Well, here's the thing. I don't think we can ever turn things off, right? They're part (laughs) of us. Right. And so when that not acceptable voice comes up, how do you want to approach it? Hmm. Basically the voice that's like, no, you shouldn't Mm -hmm. feel curious about this or that stuff or whatever comes up. I think... (sighs) I try to do this, which is pause, but it's not always easy to pause because usually if I can get to a point where it's quiet enough, that voice stops yelling at me yeah, or whatever, right? It stops being loud. Usually I can almost make out the more gentle voice, but Mm -hmm. a lot of times I'm not, I'm not pausing long enough for it. I'm like in a rushing mode, right? And it's like, if I can pause just just, I don't know exactly what the time period is, but like just long enough for the other voice to kind of calm down. It's like, maybe then I can hear the more validating, you know, supportive voice come through, but it's, I have to, I don't usually, like I said, I'm moving so quickly and rushing that it doesn't have a chance to even come up. Yeah. I have a question. So we're just about to start the weekend. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> okay. What is something you really want to do this weekend that is just something you really want to do? I really just want to sit on the couch. I have like this really cute little pink couch. I just want to sit there with the forest outside and like kind of do nothing. But for me, nothing is like tea in a book or tea and playing Animal Crossing or something like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but just not something structured, not something timed, not something scheduled. I think. That's like my big thing. Yeah. So non-leisure time, non-structured time, time that is not working towards something, but really Mm -hmm. just being. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's almost like we got to do some baby steps. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is just once a day checking in, maybe it's in the morning or the afternoon and saying, I want to do something like that part of me doesn't think is acceptable, but like, I just really want to do it and doing Mm -hmm. it anyway. Yeah. Without guilt. (laughs) 
listen. You're <laughs> <laughs> just tempting to not have guilt. <laughs> the guilt yeah. may be there, but I think, you know, with these parts of us, it's almost like we have to say to them, we have to accept, like, I accept that you don't feel comfortable with me doing this. I really mm-hmm. understand that. Yeah. But I really want to try this for me, or this is really important to me. What's coming up for you as I say that? I noticed you kind of looked off. Yeah. Cause I think I, I have a hard time. Like I said, it's always just very, like my atmosphere, my environment, who's around me, it's just always very fast paced, fast moving. It is very hard to be the one kind of in the chaos of the day that steps back and go, I'm going to take this time to myself. There is guilt because everybody else, right? The kids still going busy, husband's still busy, pets are still running around, things are still moving, obligations I'm supposed to do are still, right, still going. And I, I feel so much guilt to step back and be like, I need this time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the midst of all of that, it, it's, it feels selfish. Mm. Yeah. So we're uncovering this other part, right? That there's a lot of <laughs> guilt, right? And uh, yeah. Yeah. That one I've known, but it's, <laughs> it's hard. It's still hard. <laughs> and listen, it doesn't have to be something big, right? The guilt part, the shame, those are things we can look at in the future, but we've named some really, really big, big things today, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I know at the top of our call, you said, I want to be able to release, let go of this voice that always shoulds me. I should be here. I should be there. And yeah. through our exploration, right, we've gotten to a point where this is pretty incredible where we got to. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was expecting. I wasn't ready for it. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't right. Ready. We we yeah. we know we illuminated mm-hmm. a core belief, a core part that thinks that Camille's interests, the way she wants to live life, is just not acceptable. And I think the work now is around that. Yeah. What comes up for you as I say that? Yeah, I think it's. There's some relief because it's it's been this weird thing. Like, what is the underlying thing? It always felt like I wasn't quite quite like getting to it, right? All these years, I'm like, there's something I'm not hitting, right? Mm. And I I can't just quite see it. So, yeah, saying it's illuminated. It's like, okay, now we okay, there it is, right? Because <laughs> I think I always had touches of it peeking through, but couldn't couldn't name it, right? I think now looking at that, like that feels like a big thing to tackle. It's kind of the first first thing that goes through my head. And it's like, okay, eesh. (laughs) How are we going to do this? And and, (laughs) that takes time, but it's like, I'm like, what does that look like? That's the first thing my brain tries to rationalize. Like, what is that going to look like? Right. I'm very visual. So it's like, okay, I need to see what that looks like. That's what my brain is like trying to calculate now. (laughs) It is a big thing. It is a really big thing, but what I want to highlight for you and point out to you Mm -hmm. is when we started this call, one of the things I said was, oh my gosh, Camille, that's amazing that you have been able to get to a point where you have this compassionate voice that is alongside that harsher voice, Mm -hmm. right? And that took some time, but you have gotten to that point where that compassionate part steps in, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And I know with a hundred percent confidence that the same will happen with this part, with this. And I think a lot of the time with coaching, it's like we uncover something and you're like, okay, great. Like now I want to get rid of it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it's that awareness that it's there. We're planting seeds today. You don't have to belabor it. You don't have to overwork it. You've become aware of something and you really have to trust that you have the skills, just like you've shown yourself before mm-hmm. to slowly work with it, figure it out and work through it. Yeah. How does that sound? I There's part of me that's impatient. I know I think, all of us, which is normal. Yeah. I'm like, I know that's very normal. There's a part that's, that's like, let's hurry up and figure this out so we can get to our life kind of thing. So it's like, okay, I, I, Fully understand, acknowledge it will take time. It's been there for 30 something years. It's going <laughs> to, it's going to take time, but it's, it's definitely, yeah, it's, there's an impatience there. 
too. I get that. That can be there too. That can be there too. Yeah. What I really want to highlight, right, is I think the work now is around you accepting you Mm. and your quirks. If you want to call it quirks, I don't think they're quirks. I love, (laughs) I love the way you live life. Thank you. <laughs> but your interests, I think it comes down to what you said, that unconditional support, no questions, encouragement, validation, reinforcing. Mm-hmm. Those have to become kind of the pillars. And more internally than looking for them externally. Yeah. Yeah. Because try. I, I realize if I just keep trying to look for that external validation, it may never, it can never come or not enough of it. I, you know. It feels like it's never enough. It's not that I've never gotten external validation, but it, it it always felt so insignificant. Right. Yeah. And, you know, if we're not offering ourselves that validation, there's no amount of external validation that's going to make up for that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. It's <laughs> tough. And well, it's tough. Yeah. Let me tell you, being a human is tough. Um, <laughs> so my love, as we, as we come to the end of this beautiful and deep session, right? Mm-hmm. What is one thing that's really resonating or on your heart, on your mind? I think I feel more clarity than I've felt before. Mm. Like, not like all the way there, but it's like, of course, it's like, okay, there's still a lot of like, there's that part of my like rational brain that's just going like, okay, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? And I'm trying to be like, okay, just chill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it gives, gives me some hope, I think. There's still like I have a skeptical side, right? But there's there's some hope there. And it's just figuring out, like I said, for me, it's like, what does it look like to give myself that kind of validation? I think I have to just define that because that'll make it clearer to me. Yeah. It'll be easier for me to like actually execute it if I can kind of see what that looks like. So yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) I know this is so what I would really recommend after this session, since we, we did a lot of heavier stuff Mm -hmm. is if you have time, I know you have your family waiting for you, but if you can just take a moment to breathe that, like take some deep breaths, put on some music, move your body. If you want, this is a great session too, to just take three minutes to just journal out some of the things we talked about, right. When it's really fresh on your mind, but again, you don't need to overwork this. We planted some really, yes, we planted some really (laughs) incredible seeds and you've shown yourself that when you do that, eventually, slowly, you come to some big realizations. Yeah. Yeah. All right, my love. And this weekend, (laughs) trying to find that unstructured time, even if it's just for five minutes. I'm going to try to do it today. Today, I have time. Perfect. Perfect. I love to hear it. Go shut my brain off. Go watch Twilight or something. We'll see. Oh (laughs) my gosh. I love it. I love it. So please be in touch. Okay. If anything comes up, email me and just thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me this week. If you liked this episode, please share it with a friend, subscribe or follow where you love listening most. And if you haven't yet, leave a review. You can do this on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Podchaser, or Podcast Addict. Until next week, love.